Gopher spring football underway. We lost four starting offensive linemen, yet we might be better at the position this next season. Lindsey Whalen, is it time to hit the panic button? And what the Gophers men's basketball team's number one need is this offseason. That and more here at Locked on Gophers. Say, hey, no matter what happens, no matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Uh, whatever turns out, however it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. And then when it does turn out, good or bad, we're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb. I'm your host for the podcast, former video coordinator and recruiting assistant at the collegiate football level. Follow me on Twitter at 4KaneRobbVideo. And be sure to follow the podcast and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to find your podcasts. Jumping right in, we are going to be talking about the Gophers football team. Spring football is underway. And for a lot of fans, the biggest worry is at the offensive line position, where we have lost four of our starters from this past season. That could cause concern for many folks out there. But I'm here to say fret not. I believe that we will have success in that department. And from the sound of Coach Fleck, At the spring opening press conference, it sounds like he's not too worried as well. One striking point that was made at this opening press conference was a shout out to the O-line coach, Brian Callahan, whom Fleck called one of the best developers of talent at the position. Now, one thing that I did think was interesting that Coach Fleck brought up at this conference was a lot of the O-linemen that are on the current roster have played a lot of football or have experience in games, especially due to the 2020 season in which many teams were affected by COVID and injuries. He said there's up to possibly 10 guys that have experience playing and starting in some Big Ten level games or those of an equal competition level. And that is something that is intriguing and promising. I hadn't quite thought about that, but that 2020 season, though it was a curse, may have been a blessing in disguise for some of the younger players that likely wouldn't have seen the field until they were permitted with the opportunity due to COVID or injury. Now, some of the players that were mentioned by Coach Fleck in this conference that are players to look out for include Tyler Cooper, who was mentioned twice. He is likely to play the tackle position. And then we have incoming transfer from Michigan, Chuck Filaga. Now, he is a transfer from Michigan. As I had said, he played 39 games for Michigan at both guard spots, left and right guard, and he started in 11 of those 39 games. Not only that, but he also played in the Big Ten Championship game. He had some snaps in that game as well at the right guard position versus Iowa. And whether he started that game or not, Having the experience of playing at the highest level in the Big Ten in the championship game itself is going to be beneficial. I don't care if you're starting, if you're getting valuable snaps in a game that matters, that's going to go a long way. And that is going to be something that this team needs, having a lot of younger players that, yes, have some playing experience, but having that sort of 
leadership mentality and the games that matter most having experience in that, that's going to go a long way. Coach Flex seemed very intrigued by Falaga, but not only do we have Falaga coming in as a transfer, but we have Quinn Carroll, who won't be joining the team until after spring camp, so Falaga should have the kind of head start on him in that department. But Quinn Carroll is transferring from Notre Dame. He played both guard and tackle, has great size, six foot six, three hundred and thirteen pounds. And technically he still has three years of eligibility left. So those two transfers brought in will be very key in the development of our team and how we won't miss a step. But the biggest names that are important to this Gophers roster on the offensive line, in my opinion, is the returner Jonathan Michael Schmitz, who played center for us, and he was second team All Big Ten, as voted by the coaches, and voted third team All Big Ten by the media. Now, we know John Michael Schmitz was coming back, and he's going to be a key part for this Gophers football roster. But adding Falaga and Quinn Carroll next to him, potentially at those two guard spots, that's a lot of experience right there. And those are all older players. Yes, they might have eligibility remaining between, well, really, just Quinn Carroll has more eligibility left. Falaga and Schmitz, this is the last run for those two, but those two are great stopgaps in that O-line. But the name that stands out to me the most is redshirt sophomore Ariante Urzuri. He was mentioned by both PJ Fleck in the opening spring press conference and Daniel Fa'alele at the Minnesota Pro Day. And one thing that really stood out to me was that Fleck said he may have a ceiling higher than any offensive lineman that they've ever had in his time at the program. And that was that sentiment was echoed by Daniel Fa'alele, who said that he might be one of the hardest working and most talented guys that was in the room with him last year. So those two speaking and preaching high praise on Ariante Urzuri is something that is just beyond exciting for me. And he did have some playing time in spot starts for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. In 2020, he did start and made his collegiate debut at the right tackle position against Nebraska. And in that game, he did not allow a sack and protected the offense that ran for 206 yards that day and 181 yards through the air. That was great to see. And he also got some time last year in 2021 against Northwestern and helped in their final scoring drive. So those are two big steps of action that you like to see on top of the heaps of praise that he's receiving from our draft prospect tackle who had just left the team and our head coach. Those are promising. And then you have other guys that were named in that conference like Martez Lewis and Nathan Bowe. And then you have other guys like J.J. Gooday and Cameron James who have also had some moments playing on the field for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So Though we may not have the immediate star power that we are used to, like we had seen last year in the 2021 season, I do believe that our depth and our size at the position will be great this year. And I do think that with the slower start to the schedule, those first couple games up until Michigan State, it'll allow these guys to grow through the spring practice and the fall camp and the spring game. 
And then you put those first couple games ahead of Michigan State where they'll have experience to play. That's going to go a long way. So I am not worried with this offensive line, and you shouldn't be either. We're going to be fine. And the passing game coming back with new offensive coordinator, Kirk Soroka, I think we're going to be in good hands here. So Gophers fans, do not panic. We're going to be all right. And that offensive line is going to be just as stout as ever. Next, we're going to talk about what in the world is happening with the Golden Gophers women's basketball team. Is it time to hit the panic button? Quite possibly so. But first, let me tell you a little bit about our friends over at Built Bar. Mint, brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new white chocolate cookies and cream Those are all the flavors that you can try at Built Bar, and they're all delicious. And the best thing about Built Bar, in my opinion, is that they have new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, then they're going to make it. And the best part about it all is that it's actually good for you. They care about the taste. They want to make sure it tastes delicious first, just like we all want it to taste good. But then they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they do. And it's only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, plus 17 grams of protein. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a deal to me. But don't just take my word for it. Go over to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now we just wrapped up the Women's Final Four. Congratulations to the South Carolina Gamecocks who walked away as national champions. And hopefully we can see the Golden Gophers women's basketball team return to that prominence and that dominance as well. But we need to talk about what is going on with the women's basketball team for the Golden Gophers right now. Head coach and former player Lindsey Whalen was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this past Final Four weekend, which was great to see. And the Gophers legend was also recently extended through the 2025 season as the head coach of the women's Gophers basketball team. That being said, the women's team saw a mediocre season at 15-18. and 18. They made it into the NIT, but they were a second round bounce after losing to South Dakota State. It was a tough season, but with the Gophers' highest-ranking draft class ever coming in, plus the return of our leading scorer, there was some promise. That was until our leading scorer, Sarah Scalia, entered the transfer portal. And not only Scalia entered the portal, but also so did her fellow starter, Katie Sissoko. And they were followed and accompanied into the transfer portal by Alexia Smith, Clark Sconiers, Carolina Strand, and Aaron Hedeman. Plus, mid-season, we lost our talented point guard, Jasmine Powell, into the transfer portal mid-season, who is now committed to the powerhouse program of Tennessee. If you're not counting, that's seven players transferring within one season. And those seven players take with them 83% of the Gophers' production from this past season. What is going on? I mean, how do we lose seven players to transfer when we supposedly have the head coach of the future whom we just extended for another four years? How does that 
equate. I'm just so confused by that. And it may be time to hit the panic button. Why it matters is an exodus of seven quality players makes it extremely difficult to have other transfers want to come here, which we're going to need likely at least three transfer players that can come in and provide rotational minutes at the least. And that's assuming that our four recruits that came in in this number seven ESPN ranked recruiting class all contribute right away. So not only are you expecting excellence from your freshmen to learn and grow from the jump, but you're going to need at least three more contributing players that have shown they can do it at the Division I level. We can't just throw freshmen in plus a couple of players that we have remaining on the roster that weren't really seeing significant time, if any at all. So we need to have some transfers come through, and it's going to be hard to convince those transfers to come to this program when we're losing quality players right here from our home team. So that begs the question, what is going on behind the scenes? Is this solely because those players like Sarah Scalia want to win now? Or is that paired with the highly ranked recruiting class and them having the uncertainty of minutes? Now, I can't think or fathom that Scalia was worried about not getting minutes, being the leading scorer on our team and a heavy contributor. But that winning aspect could be a striking bit. Now, before we go pressing the panic button and freaking out about this upcoming season, we do have some prospects. Three of the four remaining players on the roster are all freshmen or sophomore on the team. And that includes Katie Borowicz, who was a four-star top 100 recruit in the class of 2021, and four-star recruit Alana Michaud, who was another top 100 player of that recruiting class. Now, those two paired with, again, our highest ranking class, which is ranked number seven by ESPN, which includes Amaya Battle, Mara Braun, Mallory Heyer, and Nehemiah Holloway, all Minnesota locals. Those four paired with the two players that I had just mentioned that are also previous top 100 players. The talent is still here. So that is what brings up the question. That's what brings up the deciding and telling factor, which will be this 23 season. Because if we see another wave of players leaving next year, then head coach Lindsey Whalen's tenure may not make it through that brand new extension. Coming up next, We are going to talk about the number one priority in Gophers men's basketball this upcoming offseason. What needs to be added? Priority number one. And I bet it's not what you think. But first, let me tell you a little bit about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for the different leagues this season, all there at betonline.net. Check out Tiger Woods, Masters Championship odds, NBA playoff odds, all that and more over at betonline.net. Head over there today, BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, before we head out, we are going to talk about the Gophers men's basketball team and the number one priority that needs to be added in the 2022-23 season. 
And that one thing is something that three of the four final teams in the NCAA tournament final four were all top 25 or nearly top 25 in the country. And that one thing was three-point shooting and made three-pointers. Now, like I said, of the three final four teams, they were nearly top 25 in the country in three-pointers made. Villanova was number six at 355 made three-pointers. UNC was number 16 at 323 made, and Duke was number 26 at 308 made. Now, where were the Gophers, you ask, in this stat? They sat at 176th in the country, tied with five other teams, and they only had 234 made three-pointers. Now, that's not to say that we couldn't shoot the ball. We shot the ball effectively at an efficient field goal percentage that was better than all of these teams. And we shot at a 36.79% shooting percentage from deep. That was 36th in the nation. And as I said, better than all three of those previously mentioned teams. But we also attempted two to 300 less three-pointers than each one of those teams. And that's just not going to cut it. In today's game of basketball, three-point shooting is a necessity. It's not just an asset anymore. It is a necessity. That goes for the collegiate level, the NBA and professional level. Heck, it even really goes at the high school level. The game has developed and three-point shooting is of the greatest and utmost importance. That's not to say defense, rebounds, all of that doesn't matter. But the Gophers have to shoot the three ball more often. And pair that in partnership with an issue the Gophers had, which was that they consistently had problems generating offense outside of giving the ball to Jamison Battle and Peyton Willis. The Gophers rated number 298th of around 350 NCAA Division I basketball programs in total points. 298th. That is not okay. They had 2,010 points scored total this season, and 48.2% of those points were generated through two of our players, Jameson Battle and Peyton Willis. To make matters worse, if you look at Lowe, Daniels, Willis, Stevens, Curry, Kern, Sutherland, and Ogle, those are guys are all leaving the team this year. They're all graduating. Five of those guys are five of our top six scorers from this past season. Those five players are Lowe, Willis, Stevens, Curry, and Sutherland. Those five players accounted for 70% of our total team points. Two of them were our best three-point shooters in Willis and Lowe. With so many players leaving, it may be the perfect opportunity to establish a focus on the floor now. 
Now, when I say on the floor, that goes to say the culture has been established. That was the number one thing that has been established with this past team on the Golden Gophers basketball program. Ben Johnson established a great family culture and one that I believe Jamison Battle will be a catalyst in that culture remaining. So the culture is not the problem moving forward. That will be present no matter who is coming in. But we need to establish a new focus on the floor, on the court. And I believe adding three-point shooters to this team is a very key thing that needs to be done. Not only for the sake of the development of the three-point shot in the game of basketball, but it'll help open up scoring opportunities for our star player in Jamison Battle. Jameson Battle can score from all three levels of the floor, but he is best when we run the offense through him. And when we couldn't run the offense through him or Peyton Willis, that's when we saw that we couldn't get points up and we started to have a gap with whoever we were playing. That's when teams would start to pull away. But if you open up the floor with deadly three-point shooters and have Jameson Battle facilitate the offense and be able to kick to one of these open three-point shooters in the case where he can't generate or run the offense through him and score or create a basket, that is going to be the perfect type of system around him. If you give two to three other three-point shooters out there spacing the floor, let Jamison Battle run the offense, create isolation opportunities, and then at worst kick it open to an open shooter if he is doubled, That is going to be a lot more proficient than what we saw on the court last year. Now, that being said, we do have some positives, at least stemming from the news generating this offseason. We have incoming Mr. Basketball of Minnesota himself, Braden Carrington of Park Center Senior High, coming to the program next season. And Braden Carrington can shoot the lights out. That is a strong asset that he will be bringing, and I look forward to him coming and joining this roster. And I have little to no doubt he will be in the rotation earning important minutes very early on in his freshman season next year. But one name that really popped out to me that I truly hope we can land is Davidson guard Michael Jones. Now, he's originally from Woodbury, Minnesota. He entered the transfer portal, and he previously played on Davidson last year. Now, in his career at Davidson, he had been shooting 40% from three-point, and this past season, he shot 42% from three-point. If we can bring in a guy like Michael Jones and potentially two others that can shoot the lights out, or even at least one other paired with Michael Jones coming from transfer that can shoot the lights out, and then you bring in Braden Carrington, that will open up the game so much for Jamison Battle, and we will start to see progress not only in the locker room, but on the floor for the offensive side of the ball for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. This needs to be priority number one. If you can't shoot the ball, you can't win games. And what we need to do is win games this upcoming season or at least see some sort of progress in order for Ben Johnson to start gaining loyalty from Gophers fans, gaining trust in Gophers fans. So I think the first step in that is adding some shooting to this team. 
So go all out on guys like Michael Jones and other transfers that have that three-point shooting ability. That is going to be the key. And I will be sure to keep you posted on each and every player we do bring in for the Gophers program as we continue on over the summer. That's going to do it for us today here at the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Now, something to look forward to later in the week, be sure to tune in because we're going to talk about the Frozen Four. We're going to talk about more with the spring football program, and we're going to keep this going through the offseason. I look forward to getting to know more of you each and every day. Tune in daily. This is a daily show, and that's the best part about Minnesota sports is that we go through ups, we go through downs, we do it together, we're loyal fans, and so this is the show for those that will always continue to row. This is Kane Rob signing off on the Lockdown Golden Gophers podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go to find your podcasts and leave a five-star review. We're just getting started. We're kicking this off. Locked on Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Take it easy. I'll see you tomorrow.